0: Hey guys, so we actually recorded this episode before um, folklore was announced, literally like 12 hours before we announced it. Um, So there's no mention of folklore in this episode. Um, We did do an announcement special bonus episode that you can find um, wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, We also hadn't listened to folklore at that point, Um, but next week we will definitely talk about it. Sorry, there's no... You know, I know that's on everyone's minds right now, but we do really like this episode, so we decided to put it out anyway instead of re-recording one for Folklore. Um, but yeah, you can find our thoughts on Folklore on our Instagram at um, perfectly good pod. I will say my favorite right now is Betty, um, and I think Malika's favorite is Betty, too. But we like almost every single song, so we're really excited to talk about that soon, but not this week. Um, we hope you enjoyed this discussion of Shake It Off. Um, definitely some Mad Woman vibes in here, so um, we really hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to A Perfectly Good Podcast. I'm Elena. And I'm Malaika. And we're two Taylor Swift fans. Every week we go over a different song. I chose this week, and Malaika's choosing next week. And our song of the week
1: is. Shake It Off! Oh,
0: woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, are there any Taylor Swift news this week? Um, Taylor Nation posted a couple of photos from old photo shoots, which makes me think that maybe they're up to something, but to be honest, this episode is going to be long, so we don't really need to get into that. <laughs> you're right, you're right. But,
1: again, I hope there's something coming, because remember, eight emojis from last week, mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Nation posting this week, something is coming. Something S- is coming.
0: yeah. Yeah, something might be up, so we'll see about that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're going to move on because Shake It Off is just so much. We have so much to talk about. We're not going to dwell on the non-existent news like we have in past weeks. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to our little game of the week. What are we doing this week, Elena? So this week I thought we would talk about our favorite covers of Taylor's songs. It's not really a game, it's just us talking about things we like, but I think it's nice. <laughs> All right. So what would you say are your favorite covers? So, for me, when someone covers a Taylor Swift song, a Taylor Swift song is already almost always perfection. You know what I mean? Like how I don't know if Anyone can really improve on her songs just by singing them in the same way, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. like I feel like just having a wider vocal range or like singing it more doesn't really make it better. So for me, the covers I like the best are the ones that change the meaning of the song a little bit, or change the genre of the song, or do something fun with the song that couldn't be possible with just Taylor.
1: Yeah, I get what you mean.
0: Yeah. Um, so my first cover that I picked was the Glee version of mine, which was sung by Naya Rivera, who she just died dating this podcast, but she just died a week ago. So it's really sad. Um, and I was going through all her old songs from Glee and that one just always stuck out to me because a, it's a Taylor song, but also like she made it into a breakup song, which is so like interesting for that song. And mm-hmm. it's just such a good performance. And, like, in the context of the show, it's, like, so sad. And also, um, apparently, mine, from Taylor's perspective, is actually about Corey Monteith, who was Finn on the show. What? Yeah, I just recently learned this when I was, like, looking up stuff for this. And, like. I have never heard that. That's so interesting. Did yeah, they date? I mean, no, they literally were just like. Because remember, her and Diana Argan were friends. Mm-hmm. Um,. And she was actually, like, not super tight with, but she was, like, you know, floating friends with some of the Glee cast, and apparently, like... She hung out with Corey one time and she said that she could just see if they were to date like their whole relationship just like spanning out in front of her.
1: That, I swear to you, I've never heard that in my life, but that's I know. I mean,
0: <laughs> my source on that might be like super sketchy because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the same blogspot website that I got the John Mayer quote off of. So, you know, I don't know how accurate it is per se. I like the story of it, so I'm going to choose to believe it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but um, apparently they went bowling or something, so that's fun.
1: Aww. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so that's my first pick, is um, Naya Rivera's version of mine.
1: Okay, my first pick is the Maggie Rogers cover of Tim McGraw. Yes. Um, As you know, I... I'm in love with Maggie Rogers mm-hmm. and I she, I think she, this was like a Spotify singles or something like that. Yeah. And it was so good and <laughs> you know, I'm so not a music connoisseur. Yeah. Um and our, one of my roommates, Bethan, mm, um, <laughs> actually pointed out that like she changed one of the like beat patterns or something Ooh. and it like bothered Bethan to no end. It did <laughs> not bother me. I liked it. But like, you know, in the original song it's like um Like when you think Tim McGraw or whatever, Mm -hmm. blah blah blah. Hope you think my favorite song or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like the way that Maggie Rogers does it, it's like she she like elongates the name Tim. So it's like when you think Tim McGraw, Mm -hmm. um, which again I didn't notice. I don't even know (laughs) if I'm relaying it the right way
0: because again, no, I (laughs) I don't know anything about music. (laughs) I get what you mean. No, it's funny though because I've really only listen to that song a couple times because I don't have Spotify. And like you said, it's like a Spotify single. So I have Apple Music, so I can't listen to it because I don't have Spotify premium. So every time I try and listen to it, it just shuffles a bunch of Taylor Swift songs <laughs> I have to like get through. them. So I haven't listened to it that much, but I do really like it. And I I did like I can like I know what you're talking about with like the changing the pattern of the um beats or whatever
1: also maggie is from easton maryland or something like that (gasps) really she's definitely from maryland um i think it's easton it's something that starts with the e so i feel close to her
0: i know wow i love that
1: for us (laughs) i'm like ah another one
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly okay what's your second song all right my second song is the voice version of ready for it Mm. um an amazing version oh their voices I love it because it turns it into a duet, which I think is really fun for that song. Because actually some of the lyrics do work. If you like change around some of this, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like some of the words have to be switched so that you're talking to someone instead of about someone. Mm -hmm. But I really, really like the way they do it. I like the harmonies that they created. My only gripe with this version of the song is that neither of them blasts the high note at the end and both of them have the range for it so there's really no excuse i'm disappointed
1: (laughs) i know also the like recorded version doesn't sound as good as the live version which is just annoying to me like i understand why but like please (laughs) also the live version
0: like It's better, but it also has like Kelly Clarkson in the background going like, "Oh yeah," (laughs) like every (laughs) fifteen seconds. (laughs) Like no shade to Kelly, but like it's just (laughs) not what I want.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but they're so good. Um, I wonder what happened with them. I don't know if either of them won, but oh, um, I know nothing about the voice.
0: (laughs) I know nothing about the voice. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know their names. I probably should have looked it up, but I just didn't care enough.
1: Yeah, I, I got nothing. I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, I did really I, like
0: it, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so for my second song, um, this is was a performance or whatever. Like, I don't think he ever recorded an official version. Mm-hmm. But this artist named Ryan Hurd, I believe I'm saying his name right. I've literally never heard anything <laughs> else from him, did a cover of Dress at one of his concerts. And it was just so, like, slow down sort of and sensual and like his deep country voice oh it was just beautiful it was so good but he had to instill some sexism in it because instead of just being like i bought this dress so i could take it off whatever he had to be like i bought you that dress that so you could take it off ah! and i was like why She just say you bought you that dress so you could oh take it God. off or something
0: i literally thought you were gonna say but there's this girl in the audience just screaming the lyrics because <laughs> in the video that I watched yes. there's just a girl in the background like scream, like girl like I would be the same girl so I can't even be mad at her but I'm like uh, we can't hear him honey like we yeah. know you know the lyrics it's okay no okay
1: but I found a, a different video of it where you can hear it a little bit better and she's not like right behind you can still hear her but she's not the forefront of your yes. attention and then I was like Ryan why do you have to add that extra st- sexism.
0: Yeah, that's so funny. Oh my god. (laughs) But yeah, I did like it a lot. It sounded really good. Yeah. And I've heard, like, people say that dress kind of comes off as sapphic a little bit. Like, only bought that dress so you could take it off. Could be referring to Taylor buying a dress for someone else so they could take it off. So, I find it strange that he felt the need to change the lyrics. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? But... Did you hear, like, people say, like,
1: everyone was saying that it might be about Ed Sheeran, and I was like, uh, ah! I'm gonna throw up. Like, uh, it's not about Ed Sheeran.
0: <laughs> Ew, why would it be about Ed she- No, okay, I-, I don't mean to make fun of Ed Sheeran just because he's not, like, the most conventionally attractive person ever, but, like, why would people think that?
1: Because <laughs> they were, like, really good friends, and there's a line that's like,
0: I, I don't want to... <laughs> I
1: don't want you like a best friend yeah. or whatever. And they're but, like, wow, they're best friends. It has to be about Ed. Like, no. But
0: the whole <laughs> line is, I don't want you like I want my best friend. Like, I'm
1: pretty sure it's I don't want you like a no, no, best friend.
0: No, it's it's I don't want you. Yeah. It's I don't no, want you right. like my best friend, right? Hold on. <laughs> it's,
1: I don't want you like a best friend.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, not, like, like my best Because I so don't like want you like friend. a best
0: friend. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like it's saying, y- like, I want to fuck. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but th- that is what it's saying. But I- people are interpreting it as, we're friends
1: now, and I want to be out of the friend zone. That's just why they're saying it could be about Ed Sheeran.
0: But I was like, no. But they're not even that <laughs> It's tight. clearly not. Like, Ed Sheeran hangs out with her like, enemies all the time. (laughs) Like, not to use the word enemies. But they used to be, remember?
1: They used to have so many songs together. I know. And he was, you know, a feature on Endgame. So,
0: you know, I think people assume that they were still friends. I don't know if they're still friends. I don't think they are, but... (laughs) Okay, they might still be friends, but I'm judging him for hanging out with, like, Justin Bieber and not saying anything about any of her, like, you know, struggles that she's been having that she could have used public support on. Like, the whole Masters thing... So many other artists who aren't even friends with her stood up for her, and, like, a bunch of her guy-friend artists who, like, are supposedly really good friends with her didn't say anything. Uh, and like, Very I know- few
1: guy artists said anything at all, and I was like, I, know. I
0: see you. Okay, okay, I know that, like, you know, their friendship is private, and, like, they probably supported her in private or whatever, but, like, sometimes you need public support for stuff, and I'm judgmental of them not stepping up for that. And also their friendship is not that private. They feature on each other's songs all the time. time. You can easily (laughs) be
1: like, hey, you know, a song because technically, you know, the old record label or whatever owns a song that they have together. Everything has changed. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, that's
1: also Ed's song. Technically, he could have been like, I hate y'all for
0: that. Yeah, it's whatever. You know what? It's like I don't. I don't know their real relationship. I only have bits and pieces, but from what I see, I am not impressed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Me neither. Mm <Mm-mm>. mm. <laughs> All right. Um... Off this tangent, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, my final song is "Look What You Made Me Do" by Jack, Leopard, and the Dolphins Club. Um. Mm-hmm. I love this version of Look What You Made Me Do for so many reasons. Um, First of all, I think it's so fun, just the way that it's sung and everything, like, the slowed down. It's like, I saw in a YouTube comment that, like, Look What You Made Me Do, Taylor's version is like, I'm gonna come kick your ass, and Look What You Made Me Do, the Jack Leopards version is like, I'm outside your window and I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) I believe
1: that, yeah. Yeah. I I can get that vibe.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, also, it's just so brilliant because Taylor got around, you know, um, the whole not being able to use her music for stuff because the cover was created for um, Killing Eve, Mm -hmm. and obviously Taylor, Taylor wanted to have, like, the original song be, like, the, like, Um, intro music or whatever but she couldn't because her record label would have to approve it so she made a cover of it that she's a producer on using her tried and true um, pseudonym Niles Skielberg or whatever Yeah, (laughs) and had what is rumored to be her brother Austin sing the song and then that way she got around the loophole of having to have her like, label approve the use of the song, which is just so brilliant, and I love her for it.
1: And such a big F especially with this
0: song specifically. Oh, yeah, This song, I've heard, like, interpretations of the song being about her record label, and honestly, I believe it.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Like, you know, for a really long time, it's easy to think that it's about, like, Kim and Kanye. And of course, it has to be a little bit about that, too, but, like... Mm-hmm. It's, the more you read into it, easy, easy to think that it's about the record label.
0: Yeah. Definitely something to dive deeper into when we have our Look What You Made Me Do episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my third song is Tom O'Dell's cover of I Knew You Were Trouble. This mm-hmm. was I think a BBC Radio 1 cover. Yeah. um, I'm pretty sure. So good, so slowed down. I love tom just in general love his songs and his voice is so deep and it just made this like everything about the song was s- like each syllable was slowed down so much and it just sounds so much like sadder yeah you know what i mean i really liked um, it i listened to yeah. it yeah mm.
0: it was perfect yes good stuff i really really enjoyed it okay are we ready to move on to song fact yes we are ready to move on to our song of the week which is <laughs> shake it off <laughs>
1: in case you guys forgot since we have gone on several tangents since this started
0: (laughs) yeah also i know i know i said i was gonna do safe and sound but i changed my mind because i thought it we've done too many deep cuts in a row and i wanted to do like a general audience one so that you know more people might be interested
1: yeah (laughs) so this song is co-written and co-produced by our queen taylor max martin and shellback Just kings and queens all around.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Icons. Mm -hmm. Legends.
1: (laughs) It's the lead single of 1989, and it kind of follows, like, a different rhythm than all of her other songs. It's such a, like, dance, poppy beat um, Mm -hmm. that's really shocked people everywhere, including me when it first came out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I remember this song coming out and just, like, it was so different. Because, like, Red had some pop numbers like we are never ever getting back together you could argue is pop I knew you were trouble is kind of pop but like this song is like pure pop like it's not like country pop and it's not like punk pop it's just like pop 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 so it's definitely a different sound for her
1: and it was like the first song I had ever heard from her that had such an audible like edit sort of on her voice yeah you know like that's like a consistent thing through all of like 1989 is like like the shift in like using like synth and mm-hmm. like uh, vocal f- 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 fillers <laughs> I don't know what they're called <laughs> I'm not trying to say she's using auto-tune or whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. an effect like done on purpose yeah. Um, but it was just shocking. I actually hated 1989 for like the first year it came <laughs> out because I was too shocked by it. I was. That's so funny. I wasn't ready. <laughs>
0: 1989 is like what drew me into being a Swifty again. Like, I had been really into Taylor from like maybe like 11 years old until I. Until Red came out, and then Red wasn't my favorite because I was 12, so like. How was I supposed to appreciate that? You know what I mean? And then 1989 came out. It was my first year of high school. It was like, it was so, it's just such a soundtrack type album that I felt like it was like the soundtrack to my life for that first year of high school. It just lined up so perfectly. 100%
1: it was like the opposite for me like it came out and I like listened to it like you know the day it came out and I was like what is this I can't even recognize the instruments she's using this is computer generated she's so like generic for trying this again these were again when I was like like 14 had no knowledge of music I love 1989 now but yeah I really did hate it and I hated Shake It Off for so long it's slowly grown into a song I like more now
0: I actually loved Shake It Off when it came out, and like, I honestly think the only reason I don't like it more now is because it was so overplayed back in the day, like you could not turn on a radio station, you could flip through every channel on the radio station, and like at least three of them would be playing Shake It Off at any given time.
1: <laughs> I will say I feel like, oh, this is so petty, please know I've grown as a person <laughs> since this. But the fact that Taylor was dating Harry Styles kind of made oh me hate god. her beyond imagination because he's my husband. Oh my god! And I literally, I was like, I don't want to hear anything she has to say about him. I don't care. Like, oh my god,
0: that is such like a
1: high school thought. <laughs> you know? I was just like, shake it off, shake what off? Or like, because it's rumored that the part where it's like. You know, like, the hella good hair, hair or whatever yeah, is about Harry. And I was like, don't obviously. talk about my man!
0: Lo- <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. I love that for you. <laughs> but, I don't know.
1: In in retrospect, this is a perfect lead single for this album. It's, like, good for the locals. It's a fun bop. But again, overplayed. <laughs> so
0: overplayed. And, like, not her most complicated, you know, lyrical feat, I, like, struggle to be, like, it's not that deep, because I think you could read a lot into, like, the message of the song, but it's mm. definitely, like, not super, you know, it's no all too well, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it is much more just, like, a fun song, I think, but I think it almost, like, the fact that it goes so hand-in-hand with Blank Space helps it. Like, I feel like yeah. if Blank Space didn't exist, this would also lose some of its, like, gravitas or whatever
0: oh i agree (laughs) i think blank space is like the superior version of this song but both of them need to like like coexist is a more
1: satirical version of like what she's trying to say and then this one is the one that's like just flat out yeah well this one's just like i'm not even trying to make this a joke i'm just telling you i do not care and i'm Mm -hmm. laughing my way to the bank as you guys (laughs) make fun of me
0: yeah exactly yeah i just really i really like this song like (sighs) I don't know, so many people are like, it's her worst, like, single, like, it's so bad. And it's like, no, it's just a bop, like, leave it alone. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it. I do not think it's her worst single. <laughs>
0: yeah, there are worse ones. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> there are. <laughs> um, There's some interesting, like, factors in this song. Like, I remember in high school, in my AP psych class... Um, we talked about how, like, like my teacher was literally like, okay, can you all, for me, just say the speaking part of Taylor Swift's Shake It Off song, and literally everyone <laughs> in the class was just like, my ex-man brought his new girlfriend, she's like, oh my god, but I'm just gonna shake, it to the fella over there with the hella good hair, won't you come on over, baby, we can shake, 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 and she was like, yeah, there's like a psychological reason that every single one of you in this room, and probably every single person in this school can, like, remember that spoken word part, And honest to God, I cannot remember for the life of me what the psychological (laughs)
1: thing is. To put our our scientists hat on, you know what I mean? We did a little bit of research. Um, I don't know if this is the exact same thing. Probably isn't, as your teacher was talking about. But we found some scientists referring to... This thing called involuntary musical imageries, most commonly known as, like, earworms, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much explain that just because of, like, how poppy the song is, and also, like, how, like, repeated it was on the radio, it, like, it's a song that, like, almost no one can, like, really forget, really. Yeah. Just because it's, like, that, like, mixture of, like, repetition, um... And stuff like that. And oh, wait. Uh (laughs) A direct quote from... (laughs) From (laughs) uh, Professor (laughs) Kalaris. She said... He says... She says... I assumed it was a she. Let's go with that. Um, (laughs) Certain songs have properties that are... (laughs) Analogous. Analogous. (laughs) Analogous. Analogous. To histamines that make our brain itch. And the only way to scratch a cognitive itch is to repeat the offending melody in our minds. Um... And it's pretty much saying that just, like, the beat pattern... Beat, I keep using that as if that's real musical phraseology. I have no <laughs> phraseology. idea. <The> phraseology? Phraseology <laughs> of Shake It Off means that it's, like, really, really hard to forget. Is because it's truly, like, just such a common pattern. And I think it's in, like, G, the notes. Yeah. Um, I read that somewhere. Um And that's just, like, one of the most common notes in music, so there's also a lot of ways for, like, that song to remind us of other songs. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I I guess I forget that music and brain science (laughs) go together in some ways. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think... I don't know, because I remember she was just using the, like, riff as an example to, like, demonstrate a more common psychological thing. It might have been the thing about earworms. I honestly don't remember. It was like years ago but yeah I just it just shows like how ingrained this song is in the cultural consciousness I guess and like how truly poppy it is that it just stays in your head forever and it's like
1: I don't know I think it's really funny how like people made fun of this song so much but like this song was is like maybe one of her most like rewarded songs like ever like this song really like it was like nominated for, like, Record of the Year. It was, like, Song of the Year, Best Pop Solo Performance of the Year. Like, Mm -hmm. it was in the charts for 50 weeks. Like... Yeah. (laughs) Of course we got tired of this song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I feel like this boils down to, like, a larger issue that, you know, people have with pop music. Or that I have with people who, you know, make fun of pop music. And I feel like people who, like you know, act like they're so all above pop music are just, like, Mm. missing the point. Like, pop music is popular because it's good, and it's easy to digest, and it's enjoyable to the ears. Like, it doesn't have to be super fancy or special. It just has to be fun and something you can sing along to and enjoy. Like, I don't know. I I feel like haters of this song are sometimes the people who, like, just hate popular things in general just because they're popular and like I understand that the song is like overplayed or whatever like I literally just said that like (laughs) five minutes ago or whatever and I fully (laughs) think that it was overplayed but like it was overplayed because people liked it and they wanted to hear it and maybe it went a little too far but like I don't think it's bad just because it's generic in some ways and like easily accessible to people yeah
1: it's also, like, there's, like, reasons... You know, like, people love to talk about, like, the, the pop machine or whatever, just, like, churning out, like, mm-hmm. you know, different things. Like, well, first off, the reason that people do that is because it works. Like, it clearly is resonating mm-hmm. with enough people to make it popular. Like I, like, I don't understand why it's such a bad thing to, like, make music that people want to hear. Yeah. And also, how half the people who ever complain about that are, like white men, honestly. Uh, And how they... uh, I I would say they always target it towards girls, like, young girls who are, like, into pop music. Like, yes, we
0: are. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Okay, this is just... We're just going to unpack everything here, I guess. But, like, (laughs) truly, I feel like it also boils down to, like... Not to generalize men, but, like, men in culture, like, the cultural, you know, force of men... Just really, really, really hate like preteen girls and teenage girls and young girls enjoying themselves. Like our whole culture is like you know designed to just mock girls for enjoying things. Like every time that something that is you know pretty ostensibly good and like you know enjoyable like, you know, a pumpkin spice latte, or Ugg boots, or One Direction, like, things that are just, like, harmless and fun and enjoyable to girls of a certain age, people just have to make it cringy because we can't let kids enjoy themselves, and especially we can't let girls enjoy themselves because, you know, gotta beat them down while they're young, I guess, (laughs) like, it's just so infuriating to me, and, like, god, I'm sorry, but, like, seriously, like, stuff like Twilight, too, like, You know, we can talk all day about how Twilight sometimes perpetuates unhealthy relationship stuff. Like, I've said that, I'll say it before, I'll say it again. But, like, that's not why people hated Twilight back in the day. They hated Twilight back in the day because young girls and middle-aged women, God forbid, were having a good time and enjoying something that was relatively harmless... And even if it was harmful, they didn't care that it was harmful. They just cared that people were enjoying it. It could have been anything. Like stuff like the Hunger Games they hated too. Like they just like tear things down that girls like. And I'm sick of it. I'm yeah. sorry, that was such always, a rant. <laughs> again. Yeah. Again, not to generalize men, but <laughs> I have
1: never started been the one to start an argument about whether something is good. Oh, you know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. Like when I say I like something, I'm not saying that it's good you know what i mean like i'd be like i like this I, you know, i'm not yeah. stating it's worth i'm yes. just saying i like it yeah but it's men who always want to question what you like that that's horrible ew that's not even done well
0: yeah uh, did i ask yeah but to bring it back to shake it off i feel like that whole thing is part of the reason that taylor eventually fell from grace like You know, it's not just that she was overexposed and everything and that, you know, the Kanye stuff happened at an inconvenient time. It's that, like, people were already so ready to tear her down because girls like us, who at the time were like, what, 14, 15, 16, enjoyed her and had a good time and felt empowered by her and resonated with the message of the song. And like... That's part of the reason that, like, you know, reputation happened in the first place. It's just. God. Everything yeah. just comes back to, like, the world being pitted against women. <laughs> like... Yeah. Because it's like
1: even if the stuff with Kim and Kanye hadn't happened, if the stuff with her record label hadn't happened, how long was she really gonna have in an industry Mm -hmm. that's literally like since she was fifteen been set against her and been set against her success? Like
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Bound to be something at some point.
0: Like literally, even in the I didn't watch the entire like extended call footage that got released like a while ago. But I saw someone say that, like, she even said in that video when she was talking to Kim and Kanye, like, I'm already overexposed, like, I don't want to have a misstep right now because that could take me down. Like, she was already aware of the fact that, like, you know, 1989 by virtue of being so popular and being so popular not just with the general public but with this very specific demographic of, you know, teen girls, the world was already ready to, like, tear her down the minute she stepped somewhere she wasn't supposed to she could have done anything frankly like the kanye thing probably didn't even need to happen for there to be reputation because she could have had any sort of misstep and the reaction probably would have been pretty much the same
1: yeah no literally it's
0: (laughs) (laughs) again it's the way that like and you know i'm not gonna stand above
1: it there was a time i hated her because of the way that like the media talked about her literally the way that she was being portrayed (laughs) yeah I'm not going to say I didn't jump
0: on that bandwagon. <laughs> no, that's literally the reason I fell off of Red, because I remember, like, arguing with my mom in, like, the mall or a Target or something, because, like, a Taylor song, i come on, and she was like, oh, don't you like Taylor? And I was like, no, I don't like her anymore. And mom was like, oh, why not? And I was like, I just, you know, like, she, you know, she's, like, bad now or whatever. I couldn't even give a reason. Like, I literally had no idea why I thought that she was bad now. But, like literally at 12 years old the media told me that someone that i had idolized and loved and had l- spent hours listening to her music of was bad now just for no fucking reason at all and like it's just oh it's so infuriating <laughs> oh my god
1: and it's like in a lot of ways like shake it off in blank space are like reputation part one you yes. know what i mean like that's it, the exact same things that carry karaoke- off carry on into reputation about her like making herself the victim her like looking like a fool her dancing Mm -hmm. badly her having a weird laugh like yes the media will tear her down for anything
0: literally these two songs are setting the stage for reputation to happen like it's almost feels inevitable when you look at the progression of events like it's just crazy and also going off of this um there was a really interesting quote that taylor said about um, shake it off in relation to mean Because she said like There's a song I wrote a couple years ago called Mean where I addressed the same issue of like People you know being negative Towards her and the press being negative towards her And how it used to get under her skin and stuff And but I addressed it very differently In mean I said why you gotta be so mean From kind of a victimized perspective Which is how we all approach bullying or gossip When it happens to us for the first time But in the last few years I've gotten better At just kind of laughing off things that absol- Have absolutely no bearing on my life So it's like, I think it's so interesting that she said it like that because, like, everyone always talks about her as if she's making herself the victim. And yeah, Mean, she said it herself. She, like, had kind of a victimized perspective because she was 19 when she wrote Speak Now and she was dealing with, like, you know, bad press about her for the first time and, like, tabloid stuff for the first time. But I think it's so interesting that Shake It Off is from a completely different perspective, but people still view it as her making herself the victim when she's literally saying, I don't care about any of this. Like, you can say whatever you want to me, but I'm not going to, like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I think it's so interesting that people still see herself as making herself the victim, quote unquote.
1: I also think that's why it's, like, so important that the song was, like, made into a pop song because Mm -hmm. pop, like, signifies, like, everything that people hate you know what I mean? and Or everything that becomes popular, and then people have to eventually hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also, like, if she had made it, like, a sad song, or even, like, to the same sort of tune as Mean, it just, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: it has to be happy and fun and have, yeah. you know, a more universal message than, like, you know, like, fuck the, you know, tabloids or whatever. It's more just, like, about... It's something that everyone can resonate with. Like, mean is something that, like, you know, lots of people can resonate with in the same sort of way, but, like, I feel like Shake It Off is just even the more generalized version of that, and, like, you know, I don't know. It's just so... So the fact that you, like, it's such a dance melody, you literally
1: have to dance and shake it off to, like... Yeah! uh, I like it. I like the the matchy-matchy of it.
0: Yes, exactly. I don't know. It's just so weird to me like it just seems like people think that because she's acknowledging that people are like cruel to her sometimes that that's her victimizing herself like Mm -hmm. she's just supposed to ignore it completely and pretend like it doesn't happen just because she's famous or like you know like she deserves it or she you know it's like the price she has to pay or whatever for being famous and like she's famous so it shouldn't matter but like She's still a person, like, and she writes about her feelings, and she obviously has feelings about people being cruel to her. So, like, yeah. why do we have to censor her expressing that? It's just so yeah. frustrating. And then, in the process of her making this song, uh, another group tried to sue her,
1: pretty much, <laughs> for, <laughs> I'm so sorry, for the most common phrase in history. They were like, oh, our song says haters gotta hate. Oh my Everyone God. says that. That is a
0: common phrase phrase, phrase. yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god but literally i saw this on wikipedia and i like died laughing like this is just like i'm like i almost feel like she got off just because the judge is a swifty like <laughs> oh, uh, no literally 100 percent. there's no way i like the judge couldn't have done research for this they don't have enough time for that like the judge knew this <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so um, when dismissing the case about, like, you know, the her using the same phrase, um, the judge said, at present, the court is not saying that Brom can never, ever get his case back in court, but for now, we've got problems, and the court is not sure that Brom can solve them. As currently <laughs> drafted, the compliant has a blank space, one that requires Brahm to do more than write his name, and upon consideration of the court's explanation, Brom may discover that... mayor Mayor pleading band-aids will not fix the bullet holes in his case at least for the moment defendants have shaken off this lawsuit (laughs) just the iconicness of that like i
1: wonder what taylor did when she read it like she she had to have read it and just been like "Oh oh my god
0: it's literally so funny like i cannot believe this is a real court document it's ridiculous this, this
1: would be me if i was the judge and taylor had a case i, be like, I don't even care what the other person has to say right. like <laughs> literally oh my god it's so funny okay are we ready to move on to our, our thoughts on the song
0: <laughs> yeah yeah let's go to wrapping up our thoughts okay um
1: this okay again not one of my favorite songs but it has like one of like my favorite lines she has like the part where she's like Well, it's, like, the whole phrase. I, like, I never miss a beat. I'm landing on my feet, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I'm dancing on my own. I make the moves up as I go. I just Mm -hmm. think that's such a fun line. And I don't know, like, it does, like, reveal, like, a certain type of loneliness that she has to have have being in industry, like, without, like, a real partner. You know what I mean? Like, she's not in a group. She, like, did this pretty much on her own. And I don't know, it's a lot. And I always wanted to get the I'm dancing on my own part as a tattoo when I
0: was younger. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I actually feel like that fits, like, your vibe and your energy so well. because Not, like, no. necessarily the, like, loneliness part, because you have many, many friends. <laughs> 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 but you're, like, a social butterfly. But, like, I'm dancing... You're just such a free spirit. I feel like you always have something new to do, or, like, you always have something, like, ready to go. You're just always, you know... Making the moves up as you go. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just saw, I saw that you wanted that as a tattoo and I was like, yeah, that's like perfect. I think it's so cute. Well,
1: one, one day if this pandemic is ever over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Um, yeah, again, I didn't like it when I first heard it. Um, I actually didn't really start loving it again until this year just because it was so overplayed. Um, but I, I do love it now. And yeah, that's, th- those are all my thoughts, like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we talked about it to death already. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I genuinely do like this song a lot. Um, the reason it's not higher on my list, it's pretty low. Um, I honestly think it's just because it was overplayed. Like, full stop, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Um, it's not a song I reach for for that reason, but I rehabilitated Blank Space for myself after the same problem, so I feel like Shake It Off. have a similar redemption arc (laughs) um it's fun it's bop I think the message is actually really sweet and really important and like I think it's a nice thing for people to hear of all the things to get stuck in your head I think that messaging is like a nice thing to have stuck in your head you know what I mean yeah yeah and it's not her deepest lyrics but they feel validating and important to her so who cares I like it (laughs) Okay,
1: what do we think about the music video?
0: (laughs) Oh, the music video. Oh. (laughs) I, in general, besides a few points, I really like this video. I think it's so cute and fun. There are some bits that at the time were pointed out as being a little yikes and certainly didn't age very well. (laughs) Um, But in general, just cute and really enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I had, like, the same thing. Okay. So, I've had... I
1: <laughs> The way that I arced this in my mind mm-hmm. to make it okay for me is okay. that I... Because, you know, the big part is, like, the part where she's, like, twerking and she's wearing clothes that are, you know, characteristically not of white culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's got, like, <laughs> the leopard print hoodie, um, the really big earrings, Thanks. which are a staple in like black culture and Chicano culture and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but this is the way I've decided to try to think about it (laughs) okay is that the whole song is about like people hating on things and people making fun of things in the same way that black culture Latino culture has been made fun of for a very long time yeah um I don't think that this was the right way to be like (laughs) it's okay to twerk it's okay to wear what you want yeah. Because I, as a white girl, am helping you. I don't think that was it. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think this was her fault. Because um, I actually blame Miley Cyrus for this. Because... Oh, yeah. Um, she, I wrote this down in my notes. <laughs> yeah, she, like, normalized white people twerking. And Taylor was not trying to be good at it. She's not trying to take that away from anyone. She was trying yeah. to show how bad at it she was. So sure. I think she was just trying to be like, ha, 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 ha. You know what I mean? But... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think it actually aged that horribly, if I'm being honest with you, just because it didn't feel like she was trying to, like, appropriate that culture. I think it was a way of saying, like, this is something that people enjoy to do, that people make fun of. Like, people always have something to say about, like, Mm -hmm. twerking, people use, like, women using their bodies in, like, ways that are, like, sexual, especially black women and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, just people of color in general. Um, And I think it was a way for her to just be like, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make it sound convincing um, because it helped me look at it, but I don't know how convincing that sounded. (laughs)
0: That was convincing. Okay, my thing is that... Okay, here's my thing, though. I think that the intentions were not bad at all. Like, I don't think Hmm. the intentions were bad. I think it was just that, like, all of the other you know, dance styles that she used and other styles that she was using and, like, talking about were mostly, like, dominated by white spaces. So it was mm-hmm. kind of different for her to, like, be funny and, like, make fun of being bad at that. I just feel like there's a different cultural context with the whole, like, twerking no, thing No, no, I stuff. definitely agree with you. Like, it just... Because, like, I remember at the time people were defending it being, like, well, no, it's because she's doing it to all of them, so it's okay. But I feel like it's it's different. Like, it has a different context surrounding it that makes yeah. it a little bit different from the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. I, like, I definitely agree with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there, there are things that she could have done to make it better. There are things she could have done to make it worse. Like, um, I'm really happy that she chose, like, the backup dancers who were, like, of color. Yeah. Cause it would have been something else is <laughs> she tried to like you know yeah just have more white people um she also just again like I feel like the dancing don't love it but it's really the clothes that are getting me Oh um, yeah. to be honest with you <laughs> because she went really extra but it's also like again like I don't think it's a good thing I don't think it's the worst thing ever But because she's so popular, she, like, normalized other white people, like, doing Mm -hmm. outfits of this look and stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't think that part was okay.
0: (laughs) It really just feels like, to me, from how you're describing it, is, like, kind of like the way that when, you know, black women have, like, box braids or whatever, it's, like, seen as, like, unprofessional or, you know, not, like clean or whatever but then when white girls do it it's super trendy and like cute and fun and like it just seems like that sort of cultural appropriation aspect sneaking in there perhaps unintentionally
1: yeah
0: like I don't she didn't mean to do it like that like she wasn't trying to say like look I'm doing it now so it's fine I think she just you know Had it for all of the stuff, so she did the outfit for that. And she wanted to... She probably just wanted to be, like, more inclusive of other styles and stuff in the video. Like, Mm -hmm. I can see that as well, being a motivation behind that. It just seems like, you know... Just didn't quite work the way she meant it to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why, like, the dancing...
1: Like, it bothers me, but it doesn't bother me, like, as much as, like, the clothing, I guess, because she yeah. wasn't trying to be good at it, you know what right, I mean? yeah. She wasn't trying to, like, claim it. Like, I don't think she was trying to be like, look, I'm a twerker now. You yeah. Know I, I, like, I can twerk, you know? Yeah. But the outfit, she just went all in for, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> that's a decision you made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, speaking of outfits though, some of the other outfits are very cute, appropriate, and iconic. Like, the cheerleading one? Cheerleading outfit, so cute. I love it so much. And like, the ballet outfit is so iconic looking. Like, those both were really, really fun. And I like, Uh,
1: honestly though,
0: the ballet outfit's kind of ugly like I know, it's, it's ugly, iconic
1: but, but she's chosen <laughs> a cute ballet leotard
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i thought it, it's not like yeah it's not her most flattering look but it is yeah. iconic so yes, very. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what is this song like rank on your list um for me it is number 80 okay yeah I was in the same space mine was
0: like 81 yeah I was actually so surprised by how close we were that's like kind of crazy honestly
1: like I feel like this is a good place for it almost like yeah I wouldn't have been too surprised if it was in like the 70s but anything more than that I think I would have been surprised yeah and it's not that low <laughs> so I think it was a good place
0: Yeah, I mean, it just truly is that there are songs that are constructed more complexly and have more complex lyrics, and like we said, it's not that pop is bad and pop is like, you know, just because it's meant to appeal to, like, the masses, it doesn't mean it's bad. Um, I just find that some of her other lyrics resonate with me personally more just because they're more specific, so. Yeah yeah no same
1: also if this song wasn't fatigued i think it might have been higher but it absolutely would have been higher (laughs) the amount that i've listened to this song i
0: astronomical i can't
1: can't survive it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we might have to um rehabilitate the song with ourselves like
1: yeah because i've managed to yeah we both managed to do that with Blink space like i used to be like in the 80s and now it's like in my top 5.
0: So yeah. same, literally it same. <laughs> it like used to be real down low and now I just appreciate it so much more and it's like top 10.
1: Okay, any closing thoughts? Um, I think I said all I had to say. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm thinking next week of doing so- we have to do something from Lover. Ugh. We are giving Lover absolute dust. I know it's <laughs> neither of our favorite albums, but we have to try something and I was telling, you know, Elaine about this earlier, mm-hmm. but me and some of my other friends are doing, <laughs> like, a mini Taylor concert, um, because we were supposed to see her in, in concert at the Ruskilda Music Festival, which, you know, got canceled, canceled. so we're having a Skilda <laughs> and we're each dressing up as a different era, I'm dressing up as Lover, yes. so I was thinking we could do Paper Rings, no solid decision on that yet, okay. but I do love Paper Rings, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. My only thing with paper rings is I am wary that it might get more stuff later. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we talked about I, earlier. I but, you know, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> we can we'll do it see. again. Uh, again, that's a very
1: light idea for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely something from Lover. That's not going to change.
0: All right. Ugh. <laughs> uh, you guys will finally get to hear our unadulterated thoughts about Lover. <laughs> not that you haven't really already, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you
1: guys so much for listening. I hope you like this episode. And I hope you join us next week. <laughs> yeah, I hope you see you guys next week. Alright, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.